Hello. This is Austin Enneagram and this is Elizabeth. And this is Lee. And we are doing a three subtype podcast today. And I'm super excited to have my daughter, our resident three, Alabelle here, who is a self-press three. Do you do y'all want to inter- introduce yourself? I think that's good sure. so they can know your voice. Sure. Yeah. I'm Alabelle and I'm a self-press three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lisa Real, and I found out I was a three doing a session or a workshop, workshop mm-hmm. with Lee and Elizabeth pre-COVID three years ago. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm definitely a social three. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not sure in all my life I've ever had a more, exp- like, you were so responsive to the work. Like, you were just from the very beginning, like, yes, 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 and I, yes. I love, I love it. I still love it. But I do think it But might... it's unusual for threes to be that way. And so it was just so refreshing to me. And I think it also says a lot about you and yeah. your, like, whatever work you've done or awareness you have around what you're up to. I do think I was a sexual three, though, in my 30s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in my 50s. Shit. I've just turned 53. All right. So I think in my 30s, I was a sexual three. But I think yeah. now I'm definitely a social three, for okay. sure. Cool. That's great. Epic. I'm Sarita, and I am a sexual three. And she's I'm on the cusp. What? I'm on the cusp. I'm like social, sexual, and I think I'm 28, so I think I dominate with sexual mm-hmm. three. Um, and I can see so much social three in me. Yeah. Yeah. That I'll grow into. <laughs> <laughs> um. And you are joining us from on Zoom. I'm joining y'all from Hawaii. Are you Maui or Oahu? Where are you? We're in Oahu. We're North Shore. I just left. I was just there with the pipeline two weeks ago. Yeah. I'm staring out at pipeline right now. I was there. Yeah. Yes. Epic. Wow. Um, All right. So um, three type I'm calling today the creation of the valuable person. Mm. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, because um, I think valuable is maybe a better word. I'm liking it right now. A better word than? Successful person. Mm-hmm. So the creation mm. of a valuable person. And Russ Hudson was saying about threes that they're the least understood number on the Enneagram, and I agree and um i mean suzanne our teacher has always said the fours are the least understood number on the enneagram but i think threes are because typically they're taught in such a um cartoony way and they've so often been taught as like the ceo with the with the suit and the briefcase and the clipboard and the all that and they you know all of that can be true but that is one definition of what success looks like yeah. and it's super that's super uh reductive it's super yeah. reductive um um so the three's sin or passion is vanity and beatrice chestnut defines vanity as living for the eyes of others mm-hmm. um and Russ Hudson was talking about vanity as a way of being complicit, um, that you are paying attention to the story of the world around you and you're choosing to be complicit. 
that your heart is choosing to be complicit with that story rather mm-hmm. than being tuned into your own story. Um, so you're forsaking your heart for what's popular or lauded or what you think is popular or lauded. Um, and subtypes are the, are the, in, the instinctual expression of your, of your passion. So the three subtypes are the three instinctual expressions of vanity. And, um, so. And remind people what the three instincts are and where they can learn more about those if they want to listen to that podcast. That's so good. You want to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Go for it. So we have self, what you all have done is you've introduced yourself. So the instincts are self-preservation, social, and sexual. And I believe episode 19. Oh yeah. Okay. I didn't know what you meant. Kind of go into all of those. And then subtypes are when you combine, there are 27 subtypes. So. Mm. Three comes down. Yes. So each type, there is an expression where one of those instincts is dominant. And and they can make the type look quite different, you know, which we find out every time we talk, um, talk to different uh, different types. Yes. And subtypes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we're going to start with self-pres, which is Alabel, um, defined as kind of the most rigid responsible and self-sufficient three. Um, and they're, the self-pres three is the counter type, which means that they're going against their, their passion. Mm-hmm. So you are working against your own vanity. Mm-hmm. And we were listening to that podcast together, Enneagram for Idiots, and they were talking about self-pres threes having vanity about not having vanity. Yes. This is like literally the truest thing ever. Right. So, um, uh, and so it's because y'all have decided that having vanity is a bad thing, like, and that it's like superficial or something and it's not okay, it's not good, and you're trying to be good, so you're, you have vanity around not having vanity. Um, So is there, do you want to... Can you elaborate on that or give us any examples of how that happens in your life? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think I'm like super invested in being perceived as good and modest, Mm -hmm. but also I don't really, I mean, I think I was always sort of confused. The part of the three, the typical three that confused me was partially what you're saying about like the successful charismatic saleswoman slash CEO type. Right, right. And I was like, I feel like I have all the worst parts of being a three and none of the good parts because, like, I don't have that ability to, um, to, like, be a saleswoman and, like, advocate for myself and all that because I don't want to advocate for myself because it makes me extremely Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. And so it's like I'm very invested in seeming good, but I don't want any attention to be drawn necessarily like to myself or to that goodness too much you know yeah yeah like to what I'm doing yeah and I and I so I think it's interesting to me because I feel like on one hand the fact that you're the counter type of a three like it tempers the vanity and it tempers that performative quality 
but mm -hmm. it also, but also what happens is it like sides, it, like you're saying, it sidesteps your superpower a little bit. So like, I think there's like, there's no way through your passion except through your passion, right? Mm -hmm. You can't <laughs> deny your shadow, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think you're like actively trying to deny your shadow right out of the gate before you even really step mm -hmm. into it. And so, mm -hmm. so all that amazing forward thrust action and performative action of threes that, that we see and that like, I, it's almost like it's not available to you. It, though it is available to you. I'm not saying it isn't available to you, but I feel like the... You kind of tamp it down yeah. from the get-go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think I'm like, want to, I believe in trying really hard and like performing really well, but like I am, I it would be terrible to be perceived as performing or trying hard, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, kind of a dumb example is what I was talking about yesterday about in high school like I um was super super invested in the way that I looked every day at school and I was you know probably most people that I knew would say I was extremely flamboyant and dressed insane I used to wear like heels like platform heels to high school and to golf class <laughs> Yeah. And like, hey, there's nothing wrong with it, but I think I like was sort of drawing attention to like I did my makeup, like I did all this stuff. I went insane for Halloween. Like I was all these things that like you would think like I wanted to draw attention to myself. Yeah. Because I like believed there's no way to explain it. Yeah. I believed right. doing those things, but then I didn't want anyone to look at want me. Want the attention, yeah. Totally. I didn't want anyone to look at me. I didn't want anyone to like even really comment on what I was, what I looked like. Exactly. I didn't want to be like perceived by men, but I also did, like, I don't know. It doesn't, right. it doesn't make any sense. And so it's all, that's always been like a weird contradiction. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if, I mean, I'm, do y'all think that as women that we all kind of have to play in that realm a little bit? Yes, yeah. for sure. I mean, that's, that's just a dilemma for us all on some level. Yeah. I mean, I just, just Absolutely. consider yourself as an object every single day is just being a woman, you know? Right. right. Can I ask Alabelle, so you mentioned that it was hard for you to hear with the intro, the salesperson, the CEO, really more the caricature piece fits a social, social three a little more. How did, like, what did you listen for in yourself as you were discerning or where you finally said, aha, that part of the three, or that led you to, because I think countertypes, it's so hard mm -hmm. to hear yourself in introductory yeah. um, materials that, because um, you're expressing it in such a different way than, than that caricature. Yeah, um, I think, I think I was, the performance part still mm -hmm. struck me because I do, you know, feel that I am performing constantly even if it's not I don't know even if it's not in the most obvious way and I think also the adaption thing like I, that's really important to me like to be able to adapt and to be able to yeah like that feels like I, I just have so much for so much disdain for people that can't do that and so I mm -hmm. that's like one of my central 
central yes. core things. And I wonder, core things. Yes. And I wonder mm -hmm. like, adaptability is all of y'all's superpower. And I wonder if as a self-pres three, um, it seems like you equate, and I think maybe all threes equate totally. adaptability with goodness. Like it is yeah. good to be adaptable. So totally good to adapt to other people and make other people comfortable. Right. And um, that's where, you know, the rub is for me and Alva as a three, four. Um, yeah. Because yeah. unfortunately, generally speaking, fours do not find adaptability to be good. I mean, we should, but we don't. So that's interesting. Um, I call it range. I'm always like, I'm looking for range in myself and in my, the people that I'm surrounded by. Like, I, I need that. people who can like the range of life like can you be on a farm in the morning and can you be a yacht like on a yacht in the afternoon and carry like both total polarities Amazing. with grace and like humility like that that's what i'm always looking for in people is range and i really respect when people have a wide range um like i find myself like Oh yeah, like I respect that. Like that's that's a big well, that's a big graceful, piece. You know, it does mm -hmm. feel graceful. It does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have range, I'm like observing where your range is, so that I know, you know, in invitations or in my life, like where to place you. And then I definitely have like yeah. my shiny range friends who I'm like I could plop you anywhere, and you're just gonna adapt. <laughs> and do great. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> it's real. It's so good. I think that's also part of like, like what's contradictory is like taking up space, like taking up space, but also not taking up space. Because I mm -hmm. feel like I'm taking up less space in a way, which feels kind of nine-ish, which I feel like you're gonna get that into feels later. Very self um very self-pressed, I think, yeah. is you taking out less space than most threes, than the other threes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why, I don't know, do you have something about looking like nines that you're going to get into? No. I didn't talk about oh, it. Okay. So, so in your pretty, it also talks about how um, self-pressed threes usually are, usually like run, the, like have so much built up anxiety about playing their role, playing their role. That, I mean, I think it's probably true of all threes in a way that at a certain point you do kind of implode in a way and you just stop doing anything. Mm -hmm. And so I think mm. I've been through also just like in moments where I feel like my role isn't working or any, I think, I think also they talk about how self-pressed threes feel like they are their role that they're playing and that they don't yeah. have anything else they can do because they put everything into the one thing they feel like they can be successful at, the one role they know how to play. And if it's put into question in, in any way, um, that feels like completely threatening and like mm. world shattering. Yeah. And so I feel like when I've been in places where I felt like that, or I was like in a depressive state, like I looked like a nine, like yes. hardcore. And anybody that kind of doesn't know me that well and is meeting me, is like, oh, you're so nine. Like you're yeah. just, you're just like merging and like you're quiet and like, and, and it's, Really, more probably about your adaptability. And your I think anxiety. it's about the and adaptability your anxiety, and, yeah. the, and being worn out, and also the not taking up space thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is which is tied into the adaptability. Yeah, I think the not taking up space is the self-pressed three. Like that, I think that's yeah. the, that's the part that is unique. To but it's also like we are. 
taking out space at the same time. You're you know? you're calculating about how you take up the space. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Whereas a nine, just a, a difference would be as a nine, it doesn't occur to them to take up space. Right. Right. So we're, mm-hmm. we're not looking out for that. We're just right. not doing it. Yeah. No, there's a ton of calculations. So where are you a nine? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a big difference. Um, okay, more at uh, so solid, calm. This is self press again. Organized, a strong need for control, um, mm-hmm. a strong desire to not show any stress, but have constant underlying anxiety. Mm-hmm. So work, work hard to <laughs> relationships while struggling to actually have deep connections, and so I think that's also true about all threes. Is that the deep connection piece feels sticky for y'all and messy. And so for sure. there's a slipperiness that happens with threes where, mm-hmm. you know, and for Alabel in particular as a self-pressed three, being a good, being good, you know, is your ethos. Mm-hmm. And being a good friend is your ethos. Um, I think if we got some of your, you know, your oldest and dearest friends in here, they might say, Sometimes we want more of her than she gives us. Mm. Yes. And that she's sometimes hard to find and she's slippery and sometimes we can't find her and we want to find her. Yes. No, I I think they would 100% say that. Yeah. It's your shield. Yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. Does that resonate with you, Sarah? Oh, yes. I'm thinking about vulnerability as a three thing and it's that perceived like, I want to let you in, but I'm if you come in too close, you're going to see my shadow. You're going to see parts of me that, you know, I would prefer to tend to by myself rather than being in this really vulnerable place where you're seeing. And I think that's something that I'm definitely working through Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is allowing myself to be more vulnerable, allowing myself to show those shadowy elements of me. And also like while maintaining an effortless grace, like yeah. that effortlessness is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet I could not relate more to having like underlying anxiety around wanting like this beautiful, perfect, effortless moment to not look stressful to other people. But to me, holding it all is like, I'm working 10 times, you know, as hard if and I would be so willing to just be more vulnerable and ask for help, Mm. Um, you know, and that that's an edge. Asking for help is like, to me, sometimes perceived like as weak. I'm like, you can't ask for help. Right. Like you can do it all. Like Mm -hmm. just, just make it happen. And like, and don't complain, you know, and put on a exceptional event and nobody knows like what happened behind the scenes. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I think also, like, relationally, this is probably true of all threes, it's like the your love for what you do, not who you are. So I think for me, it's more hard to even know what it would look like to be vulnerable. And then also if somebody loves me or claims to love me, like, I'm like anxious about what am I doing that is making mm-hmm. me love and how do I keep doing that? Mm-hmm. And what happens if I stop doing that? Mm-hmm. Worse, wow. And of course, that's like a, that's like a, you know, a dangerous zone because there's, because they, they love you for who you are. And the more you're 
performing the role, they're not getting the, real, mm -hmm. the real you. Yeah. Um, mm. um, self restraints are working hard to do things in the best way. Um, and they're less focused on being the center of attention, as you were saying mm -hmm. earlier. Um, they are looking to achieve a sense of security in order to feel self-sufficient, autonomous. Often, self-pressed threes have a childhood where they did not have enough protection and resources. Um, but that's not the case with you. Well, no, I want to talk, I'm, ex yeah, I'm, okay. not, I'm not going to say I'm excited to talk about <laughs> it, but I want to talk about it. I think it's like helpful. Um, and so I'm piggybacking on that. The mm -hmm. self-pressed three, according to Beatrice, yeah. um, often has a childhood where they did not feel protected or that they had enough resources. Russ Hudson says that all threes, all threes, no matter what your subtype, this is super important. See, when they're little bitty, when they're tiny little bitty threes, this makes me so emotional. They see the family shame, mm -hmm. the bigger, larger family shame, and they decide that they're going to redeem. Mm -hmm. And uh. they sacrifice their heart on the altar of the family shame. Yeah. And, and it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. because ultimately you're sacrificing your heart for something that even if you succeed, like even if you spend your whole life redeeming your family shame, even if you succeed by all accounts, you lost yourself in the process mm -hmm. and the family is, an, is an annoyed. Like they, they, they didn't want you to do it in the first place or you're exposing their continued shame. In other words, you're kind of compounding the family shame. So, um, so you abandon your own soul, and and that whole thing backfires on you, and you lose your your way to your heart in the process. And so, I I think it's and I have been reading a lot of Gabor Mate um, as an addict, and he really really stresses the importance of um, genetics not being as profound as we or as important um, as we think they are societally and that really it's so much more important um, the feedback you get from your environment as a small person and so mm. I I think even though you know Nathaniel and I aren't the worst parents in the world I think by being an alcoholic well I think by being an alcoholic and I perceive this I like saw this happening that little tiny Alabelle took it upon herself to manage all of that for me. Mm. And I watched her do it, and it broke my heart. Um, so, do you want to, what do you want to... Well, I mean, I... And I, I don't want you to feel like, I'm, I think anything we can say is so helpful to people. So, yeah. I don't... I, mean, <laughs> I never really felt, honestly, like your addiction affected me that much, but I feel like... Um, I feel I, Enneagram for Idiots also talks about self-pressed threes feeling responsible for like the security of their family mm -hmm. and like this idea of where would you guys be without me which I definitely felt like <laughs> I felt like I was the only person like that knew what was going on really totally and I think that more manifests when I think about it in the way that I was like mediating you and dad my whole life mm -hmm. like not that you guys are like have a bad relationship and you need to be mediated but like 
I do think you guys like have insane miscommunications and I felt I took it upon myself since a very young age to manage that. But I would venture to, here's what I would venture to say is that because I was an alcoholic and a four, what you were picking up on was my, my low, like my addictive personality around dad, dad as a five. And you were just trying to deal with it. I mean, I, I, you were trying to manage me from very early on. And I think that just, maybe it was easier for you to, like for a small child to step into like even a tiny fight between mom and dad. Like our, I, I think our fight was the red herring is what I think. No, I'm I think sure. my addiction was the, I don't want to put myself there, but. No, I'm sure it was very much tied to your addiction. It's just that you weren't like. I probably don't think of it as much that way because you weren't like literally like stumbling around the house throwing up everywhere. Like it was very. I know, but that's exa- that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it because I think that's the stereotype. Mm-hmm. Mom wasn't stumbling around. Some moms were stumbling around drunk, but I wasn't stum. I was keeping my shit together. But while I was keeping my shit together, I was more focused on say the glass of wine than the storybook. Mm-hmm. I was putting you in situations and play group situations where all the moms were wasted and all the kids were on their own. Uh, but, you know, uh, things like that that are not... Um, and you felt unsafe in some of those situations and you told me you did. So, like, it's not it's not the obvious thing always. Mm-hmm. And it's also, mm-hmm. like, Gabor Monte would say, it's those little things. It's like he says sevens are like these little tiny babies in a crib that were just crying and like somebody just didn't come and they just Mm. like you know they just felt that abandonment so early and um that and and like I don't think anyone can avoid it like no parent can avoid it no parent can avoid it but what we can be is aware of it and communicate about it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and my whole point in wanting to talk about this, too, is because I feel like it's a big redemption piece for how we look at threes. If you see threes in this way that I just described, mm-hmm. then you've got to drop that whole concept that they're just out there tap dancing. Yeah. That's well, Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's not, well, that's, I, I, you know, I like to call you all the sacred heart of the Enneagram. Yeah. And because I think you are. Well, performance comes from protection. And so then it's like, what are we protecting? And I think for all different threes, whether it's our family, whether it's our identity, whether it's our loved ones, um, we're always protecting something. And it's easier, like my armor to the world is my performance. That's that's the warrior. Mm-hmm. What is like the challenge for me is taking off that armor. Um, and and totally like threes are like you know we want to do good we want to serve we want to perform we want to protect we want to restore integrity you know Mm -hmm. on in our families and our lives we want everybody to like ascend essentially we just want everything to be harmonious Mm -hmm. and everything to be beautiful and everything to be just in flow and so we're super sensitive to anything that is not that. And we take it upon ourselves to fix that because who else could? Because it often <laughs> feels like I'm the only one in the room who's noticing that the lights are, you know, awful. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to go change the lighting. <laughs> like, 
-hmm. nobody's okay. And, and so there's little, that's real performance is protection. I love that. Yeah, for sure. So just, do you remember as a child, Alabel, like I'm thinking I grew up in a sim, not alcohol wasn't the issue, but there was tension that I was, I was the one in charge of controlling. I took it on myself, Mm -hmm. but as a Mm non. And so I wonder like, as a, if, you know, being self-preservation, being your dominant instinct and that acting out. And I'm thinking about you as a little girl with anxiety and kind of this idea of being virtuous, but not people looking at you. Like, I just, I feel like I feel anxious thinking about you as a little girl, even if it wasn't the stereotypical alcoholic mom. But my guess is you were always aware that something could go off the rails or that um, she wouldn't be appropriate in the way that you wanted her to be good. That's probably a better way to think about it rather than the, the alcohol itself. It's like you didn't feel like you didn't feel totally safe stable yeah because yeah. it did feel like you could go off the rails or like mm-hmm. do something I was yeah. a very erratic person yeah you were you were very erratic yeah and probably when you add that to you being a four which exactly yeah. I'm you still, still erratic right like you, <laughs> but less you still try to yeah. monitor that in her you know yeah. see and, it all the time yeah. yeah and we have and we're able to have talk about it right. which is yeah. so have great language for it now yes yeah yeah um so is there anything else you want to talk about as a self-restory before we move to social? Oh, well, I do want to just say that also I have a sexual blind spot, which I, I oh, yeah, that's good to adds to it because mm-hmm. um, I think part of my like um, inability to be so flowy and charismatic and sparkly in social situations is be, or relationally is because I don't, like I don't feel like I have that shininess and I like have a uh, anxiety about being boring mm-hmm. and anxiety and I'm feeling like I'm not desirable and not like a sexy person and not like a that type of person mm-hmm. and so it it manifests as this social anxiety which really just uh, it's really not cute and I can't I really can't find it honestly I, and 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 it um I don't know I feel like my like friends a lot of my friends are like oh like everybody loves you like you're so cool because you seem so cool because you dress well or whatever and and but then nobody really like talks to me or knows me so this is like specific to my school Mm -hmm. experience I guess Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so I feel kind of tokenized in a way this Mm -hmm. is how they describe it too okay okay (laughs) of like this person but then I don't which is seems kind of three-ish but then I don't feel that way at all and I don't actually feel like wanted by anyone you know yeah Yeah. and do you um I mean and do you are you able to see your responsibility in that dynamic what do you mean I mean like the only person that can really change that no I I I, I do see that that for sure for sure it just feels very difficult yeah like yeah. I feel socially stunted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Aww. I'm sitting here thinking about like it would be interesting because I I'm not a three, but I am heavy self preservation, blind spot, awkward, sexual, mm-hmm. and everything you're saying, minus being like 
a cool token dresser and all of that good stuff. But I always, I feel <laughs> even at the age of 43, right, I still feel awkward and like that kind of development. So it doesn't matter what people say or, you know, I'm, it's not occurring to me. And, but it would be interesting to talk to people with the same stack. Yes, or, yes, and um, different numbers. And different numbers and how it kind of comes out because all of yeah. that just resonates so strongly. And so for you, Lee, mm-hmm. as a self resonant you say that the way out of that um, being embarrassed about sexual blindness is mm-hmm. about is about trying, is about doing. And yeah. so for her, that would be about feeling. And, yeah. and um, you know, I think... I think Russ Hudson talks about like all threes um, are afraid to slow down enough to like really look into their hearts Mm -hmm. because they really feel that they're empty. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about how you have to like have this giant faith in the, the, like the gap of that, that gap because inside there is like this huge love, this huge love and that that ends up being your motor, and that ends up being your juice, Alabella. And balances you. And balances you out. But it means, unfortunately, that you have to dive into the, the, icky, the icky pot of your feelings. <laughs> and really, but, but the, the beautiful thing, I mean, if threes can believe it, is that when you dive into the icky pot of your heart and see all that love, and the love becomes a motor for all that action y'all have which ends up just being i mean that's what ends up making everything work so well and Mm -hmm. and makes every that's what makes your voice and your shine and your all the things you offer like have impact in the world but it has to go through the heart well and i think about you alabelle saying that you feel awkward or in social situations or in those spaces ultimately you have to, to feel awkward. Like, yes, ultimately, yes, yes. you have yeah. to make mistakes and put yourself out there. You know, like, we all know this about life. And kind of move against your idea of what it looks like to be good in mm. that setting or in control or whatever you're bringing in with you. And then you realize that the wheels won't fall off if you're a little awkward or if you don't get back what you thought you were going to get from an interaction. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole, um, and that you're feeling it's going to be okay, yeah. right? Yeah. That whatever you perceived as good or you being good, you, you there's a wide range there right. that you mm-hmm. limited yeah. yourself so much. Yeah, I we think all it's do. like getting stuck in that, like, mm-hmm. how am I being perceived part, but not mm-hmm. being able to cross over into the, like, I'm going to just play this game so well part. It's just like, Ah, oh, you know, it's just like in that spot. Yeah. Mm. And it's paralyzing. I feel like being a self-pressed three is like the worst. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it, feels, it, it feels very stuck and there is It's like I can't, a- I feel like I can't very like successfully access that like surface level. We're going to have like bouncy, cute, small talk all night. Like I can't do that, you know? Hmm. hmm. And that's helpful for people it's to hear. It's not that fun. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Someone who does it every day. <laughs> All right. So let's move to you, Lisa, the social three. Um, the desire to be seen and have influence over people, the desire to shine. Um, uh, expressing vanity by wanting acknowledgement in the greater world for their polished image. 
Um, they're the biggest chameleon of the threes, so there's that adaptability mm-hmm. piece. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to say about anything, any of that? Um, what do I want to say about that? <laughs> um, well, I've gone through many iterations of like how I look and how I present myself. Mm-hmm. I'm a total chameleon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I would say since 40s, I've kind of been what I look like now. But um, at one point, I was a mod. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I was a total deadhead hippie, like hairy armpits, hairy legs, mm-hmm. vegan, didn't wear any leather. Like, I've, I've always had like this image, right? Mm-hmm. Um, always, my whole life. Um, when I was younger, I was the pretty cheerleader and then I was on the dance team and then I got kicked off and was that's when I became the hippie. So there was there's always been image. Like I've always had to have this I feel like threes are into archetypes kinda. Hmm. Like so mm-hmm. it's kind of fun to like be an archetype and to like categorize people like you're this type and you're this and you also Oh totally. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say uh now I would say since my early forties to now I just turned fifty three um like, I love when people say, oh, you look great, or I love your glasses, or whatever, mm. but really the reality is I look the way I look, and I dress the way I dress. It's really for me, like, for the first time in my entire life. That's amazing. Like, I could give two shits if someone doesn't like what I have on. Mm-hmm. Because, you like it. Because I'm real into it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, which is nice, and because it wasn't always like that, you mm-hmm. know, from the time I was six until, like, probably late 30s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what happened in you, Lisa, when that, or can you identify when you started to shift, at least even that part? Really or do you good know therapist. what, like therapy? Probably really good, yeah, really good therapy. Yeah. Um, like super hardcore inner, like mm-hmm. looking hardcore in the ick, in the icky, in the, mm-hmm. in the messy pot. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. probably then, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, Social threes know how to talk to people, how to climb the ladder, how to make the right impression. Mm -hmm. They know how to get what they want and reach their goals. They know how to use the right words. They have fluency. They understand the power of words. And I think that's so true for you. Really? Yeah, yeah, because you are, you know, you use language to great effect. You're you're an amazing uh, salesman. That is true, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, especially with my career. I mean, mm-hmm. I was with Whole Foods. I started with Whole Foods when they mm-hmm. were, um, there were four stores. Mm-hmm. I ended up opening 127 of them and <laughs> then went on to, yeah, hospitality. And mm-hmm. it's all about, yeah, it's all about selling the, the room or the event or the mm-hmm. image <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. 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 But I think that's cool. Like, I think that's cool to know how to use words and to mm-hmm. understand their power. Um, I mean, I think that's a very specific and interesting skill to have. But I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm articulate at all. You're so articulate. And I that's... don't think I am at all. And I think I'm a terrible writer. Hmm. Um, it cannot be true. But then when I go back and like look through, like it was interesting before this, uh, you know, last night I was like looking through some of my <clears throat> writings, I would say in my thirties and forties. And I was like, Oh man, I actually, this, some of this poetry is actually good. Oh, you know? yeah. Which good. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause so you're social, she's self-pressed. She writes poetry too. And she won't show it to anyone. I won't show it to anyone. <laughs> I've never shown it to anyone ever. Yeah. Ever. What, and you, you write, and you write songs, and you show it. 
Yeah, I write songs and I edit thoroughly, you know, like before the crystallized version of the song arrives for the world, there are so many iterations that I just would never share. And I'm just like editing to find words that say what I'm saying with a shield. So there's always some element of like, I'm going to let you in, but I'm not going to let you all the way in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I that's part of why you all, so even though you are so invested in being good or successful, you know, whatever your ethos is, that when you start talking about yourself or you're trying to kind of move in and peel back those layers, it's harder for you to, to kind of claim the goodness or the, the skills or kind of amazing qualities that you have because you've you've kind of put them out there at different points in your life as part of your, mm-hmm. your performance. I feel exhausted all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to know that even that truth about you, even though even though obviously it's true because because you're doing it. Yeah. But that it's still a bit detached from your true self or it's harder to integrate that yeah. with your mm-hmm. I, think it's, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting something i want to say because i'm thinking about the relationship between the two of you i think that i became a performer and i became articulate so to speak because my mother was a fucking raging alcoholic mm. died from it died mm. from alcoholism mm. and i i never had a mother i never had a father i mean i did but they were i mean my father left when i was very early my mother was an alcoholic by the time i was 10 like horrible like couldn't function mm. and so i had to become the mother so i raised my mm-hmm. brothers eight years younger than me and i had to hold it all together yeah so mm-hmm. people ask me well how are you so good at like doing multiple things i was like well i i didn't have a fucking choice like right. it was just mm-hmm to do it yeah because i wanted my brother to like not feel abandoned uh, right right exactly yeah to to survive right and i wanted my mother to survive for as long as Mm. she could right and were you taking care of her too oh yeah yeah Yeah, i mean she couldn't she there she was not functioning yeah um so i had to put on a performance every day because otherwise none of us would have lived through it i mean that sounds so dramatic and crazy but it's i really it was very true in my case yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. so you know i'm still to this day kind of doing it it's like when she finally passed in 2017 it was like i took a deep breath but then it was like i'm still just doing that you know Mm -hmm. and maybe Mm -hmm. i asked me earlier when when did it stop Mm -hmm. good therapy but I think when she passed, that's it. Really? was a huge part. Twenty seventeen, yeah. if I really think about it, mid forties. So that was mid-40s. another kind of another mm-hmm. layer of it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I'm glad you shared that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So uh, they're the most aggressive three social threes. I'm real aggressive. That is a fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. They're very aggressive competition and winning so like that piece that people say about three is like first place or no place yeah um <laughs> <laughs> like even playing backgammon or like or exactly have to win yeah mm-hmm. I just don't play games <laughs> <laughs> See, <I'm- laughs> 
but I don't play games. But yeah, you're kind of like that too. So it's weird. I'm a four. I just can't lose. But I do relate. I was trying to explain this to someone the other day that like I never went to Henry's soccer games like ever, and because I went to one. And I realized, like, the men, like, I don't do this. I don't do this. I'm not the soccer mom. The moment I started watching him on the field, I became a maniac. Mm -hmm. Because, like, when I do something, I do something, you know. Mm -hmm. And I turned my attention to that. I became a nut. And so I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm not going to be this. So I never (laughs) went again. And he was like, don't come, mom. Please don't come. So I don't. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I guess so we all can be competitive, but that, but the social three is the most competitive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm guessing my, my, that feeling for me is more about being sexual actually. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's definitely. And not average maybe too. I don't know. Um, uh, okay. So they have, uh, they lead groups very well. That's important to them mm-hmm. to lead groups very well. They see the bigger picture and what the group needs to do. They know the direction and are good visionaries that can get the group there. Um, if someone else is not leading the group well, it's very hard for a social three to not want to jump in there. Yeah, and I will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. You have any stories around that? <laughs> I mean, I would say... Uh, Probably working for Bunkhouse, you uh-huh. know, watching, um, you know, I managed the St. Cecilia, San Jose, and most recently Magdalena. And um, if I see a, another general manager that's <laughs> like failing and their staff is coming to me and complaining to me about the way things are running, I'll, I'll go to that general manager and say, hey, this person came to me and here's what I think you should do. Yeah. Would you like me to come over and help you do that? <laughs> and if they say no, I might just go and do it anyway, which is not a good thing. But like, I just, I want everyone to be happy and successful. Like that's really, mm-hmm. it's not just about me being in power or yeah. in control. It's like me really wanting to see all of the pieces functioning the way that I think they should. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that, that definitely resonates. Like, maybe less in, like, a leading of a group social situation, but, like, it is brutal to watch someone do something you, the way you don't think it should be done. Right. It's almost impossible to not intervene. Almost impossible. Uh, you mean, like, being in a romantic relationship? Yeah. Every Everything, I'm like, I would just never, like, even watching how... John drives home. I'm like, I would never take these roads. Like yeah. I, yeah. And, and I, and I can't not be vocal about it. I can't tell you that I think what you're doing is wrong. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I think this is a, not the best route. <laughs> you know? no, I'm trying to find out what Kevin is. It's important. But yeah, really that's good. Yeah, Maybe you can out. listen to the so, podcast. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Um, particularly Lisa, but for any of you. So when you um, are not successful at managing all of that or when people don't see it your way Mm -hmm. the stakes feel high and so you you are you are not successful in that space what happens i i either exit Mm -hmm. so i left bunkhouse okay um and I was asked to leave Bunkhouse. I'm sorry, I was asked to leave St. Cecilia mm-hmm. and asked to go to another property. And mm-hmm. I did for a minute. And then I was like, nah, I'm going to go do my own thing. Okay. Which is what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, 
or I, 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 I take this role of like the, I don't want to say it's a victim, but it's like, mm -hmm. oh my God, you're right. Oh, my, you're right. It's all my fault. I'm so sorry. It's all my fault. Interesting. What can I, what can I do to make it better? And I may not totally feel that way. And this is interesting because it's in, I just got back together with my ex from 25 plus years ago. We've known each other since we were 10 years old. And I see myself doing this constantly where I'm like, okay, you're right. Never mind. It's all my fault. What can I do to make this better? You know what I mean? And I might not totally feel that way, but I just mm. want to make it better. Like, and mm -hmm. I than working nicely because I don't want all the dirty, icky, mucky stuff happening. Wow. Mm. My guess is that, like, the more you do that, though, the harder it will be to... Yeah, find your way back to yourself yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah so there's like why i didn't date for six years right because i was real fine by myself yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. i mean i think there's probably like you know there's a space i imagine between this um this what were, what were we what did russ call that not accommodating but um complicit mm -hmm. so you're kind of being complicit with mm -hmm. the in the relationship and like mm -hmm. giving your heart over to that because the stakes feel really high and mm -hmm. you want it to work mm -hmm. but there's there's a cost for that there's a cost to you and probably the relationship but mm -hmm. the opposite and the mm -hmm. opposite of that is just of like um, I'm not saying this is what happened, but the opposite for a three would be to get to like go in, be aggressive my way or the highway right. and blow it up that way. And yeah, either one of those ways work. It's and super fucking extreme on both sides yeah. and it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good. That's what I like. Um, yeah. And so, I, I mean, I think the challenge then is to, is, again, I mean, the, it's always going to be that vulnerability because it's always going to be about the heart like that. I find some mantra there, like I, for me, it's embodiment. It's embodiment. Embodiment. I have to remind, remind myself mm. all the time that that's my mm -hmm. my way yeah. through my crap. Yep. So right. I'll share something that just worked for me in a relationship to feel safe to feel vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Um, we were charging, like charge, charge, and in very three fashion, like I was gonna win, like, and I had a moment after an argument with my partner where I literally like I had asked him to leave and he had left and I was there by myself. And I just remember being like, what is the point of fighting so hard if I end up alone? Like if I'm just on the battlefield and I've burned it all down, like this isn't a good feeling, but it's almost like an override. Like when I feel perceived something, I just override, I'm going to win and you're going to lose. <laughs> and um, I realized that we were in this like sparring match. And so I requested one day, like, hey, could I speak to you about what I'm feeling and what I'm going through and what my needs are? And you just listen, like, don't respond, don't say anything. And in the next 24 hours, ask me when I'm available so that I can listen to your needs. And truly like the breakthrough of not having somebody like on the other end, calculating their response immediately yes. allowed for me to feel acknowledged, mm. allowed for me to feel like there was this space where I could actually be a vulnerable being, yes. you know, and no, and, and then the next day, similarly, when he was sharing what his needs were, 
I was able to notice inside of me where I immediately wanted to, where I had those like knee jerk reactions, yeah. you know, where I immediately was like, I'm ready to, and then I was like, oh, I'm just listening. I'm just listening. And that has been a huge unlock um, of feeling acknowledged and, and feeling heard and feeling safe to uh, like take off that armor that just is so natural, like as a three. I love that. So sharing that for the table. No, that's so good. And I've, um, say as a four, I want all, all of it in real time. But obviously, like, and that's what I love about Enneagram is like, mm -hmm. so having Alabelle as a daughter who's a three, I can, I've, I can observe the override. You see, you know, we, we see threes overriding. One thing mm -hmm. I noticed about threes, not to like dish on y'all, but like threes seem to be really <laughs> surprised that we see your machinations. Like I think y'all think that what you're doing is not visible to us and it, it and it is. Yeah. And so like I, I see what you're up to and what I've learned to do, which I think is sort of similar to what you're talking about, Sarah, is I never confront her when she's doing it. I, I mean, I used to. But I now I wait until there's another a softer time, a more chill time, mm -hmm. and I just like slide it in a little, mm. and that way I think we we can move forward. But like so, that's just interesting. Like threes, not real. You're not going to do real time emotional management. I don't think. Do you agree? Mm. Does any of this make sense to you? Yeah. I mean, when I'm super heated or when I've had too much to drink, maybe, uh -huh. but I do like real time. You do like real time. Okay. I do. Interesting. But, but that's interesting. I think that comes from comes. what I do for a living. Right. Yeah. I, mean, mm -hmm. I can't put off a staff of, like when I was managing Magdalena yeah. most recently, mm -hmm. I can't put off a staff of 200 people. It was total real time. Like, yeah. Well, I think, that, mm -hmm. I think that's more about direct behavior in the workplace yeah like, don't, behavioral. yeah like i i mean you just want efficient direct behavior you want you don't want any passive grade you want to you want to know the deal and you want to know the whole deal yeah. right now yeah because you want to be efficient you want to get the job done yeah. but i guess what i'm talking about is like your mom your boyfriend yes um yes. like if you're like you're behaving badly, you're being aggressive, you're like, basically, I, when, when you, you call it override, which I like, when I see threes overriding, almost every single time they're doing it, there's something. I call it spiraling, right? I spiral. I can totally see, like almost like I, when y'all are overriding, I can see your little heart burning. Like I can mm. see that little mm. tender. Like it is yeah. so it's extra tender. It's mm -hmm. extra vulnerable. And you throw on the override to protect yourself. So that's why I feel like it's not okay in that moment. Say, hey, look, look at your override with that super because that's too much. Y'all yeah. have got too much going on at that moment, you know? Which is why I think the the listening strategy sounds really effective because yeah. it's already so hard to know how you actually feel like it's so hard to access that that i mm -hmm. think like have to be responding to uh, to someone else and like as you said like calculating yeah what they're gonna say and how you yeah. respond to that like that takes you out of it like you have yeah. to like you have to like work to be accessing how you feel and so like that's mm -hmm. already so much so it's kind of a unilateral, I mean, and that unilateralness maybe works. Mm -hmm. When I just think about all of us, 
like especially you all talked about or I don't know if you all talked about romantic relationships how that's already so difficult to to be your true self or to be authentic and figure that out and when do you show this part of yourself or how do you reveal and that you all have made an artwork of knowing what you do at the hotel with 200 and you know how to take care of your family that's mm -hmm. fallen apart and so to to not be a, a role in a place where you don't want to be a role or be an yeah. image, like all of us long for that and we're all really bad at it initially, right? Mm -hmm. Like how do we do this? And then y'all have the extra layer of your superpower that gets in your way in that yeah. romantic yeah. or where you want to be intimate, I don't, friendship, whatever. I've never had anybody really take care of me and I don't yes. know what that feels like. Oh. Yes. Like and I don't mean to be like, oh, well, no. me. yeah. But I really I don't I don't really know. Like now I have Kevin, yes, he takes care of me in certain ways, but I didn't have like awesome mm -mm. parents that I don't yeah. even I don't know what that feels like. Right. Yeah. So So again I'm gonna say that the only person who can probably change that dynamic is you. So like wait to to sit with yourself and find ways where you can invite him forward yep. mm -hmm. even when his attempts at coming towards you are very awkward and yeah. uncomfortable yeah mm. <laughs> um social threes are uh do not like to be exposed and are tend to be the most slippery of the threes um uh do you have anything else you want to say before we move to sexual not at all okay <laughs> <laughs> I more about sexual because i do think i was a hardcore sexual three Thirty. Okay. In my thirties. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can I say one more thing. Abs absolutely. I think also what you're talking about is the you know where you see my little whatever really is going on when I'm yeah. overriding a lot. I think recently we had this big thing because yeah. I was overriding you intensely all the time, and <laughs> and I think that it was because I was entering into this romantic relationship was a new thing for me and I think I felt very compromised like yes. very emotionally compromised and I think yeah I thought it was super interesting and you were able to articulate that to me and um like it was so beautiful to me that you could say I have trouble being intimate I've never practiced it I'm practicing it now every day and I don't mm -hmm. know how to and I'm yeah it's it's like I'm trying to find my balance with this and so mm -hmm. sorry mom if I'm like on a little aggressive overdrive with no, you because yeah. it was just too much mm -hmm. it, it, it was is, unpracticed it is unpracticed and very scary yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. all right sexual three Sarah um, charisma and personal magnetism they express vanity through beauty by appealing to and supporting others and achieving through them. Mm -hmm. They achieve through seduction, pleasing, attraction, and earning love. Mm -hmm. They attract a romantic partner and promote and support the important people in their lives rather than just manifesting their own achievements. Now, it, it is, I have to say, it's, a, it's I'm, I'm, I'm dying for you to talk about this because I see you as being so beautiful around your own achievements. Um, mm -hmm. That's interesting. I feel opposite. Really? Okay, talk to me. Mm -hmm. Well, A, like, 
I love hyping up my friends and my people. Mm -hmm. Loyalty is so natural and important to me. And it's actually a place where I get stuck in reciprocity when I'm like, wait, like people aren't this loyal, you know, or like I'll do something and then it's not reciprocated. And I'm like, ow, like, you know, it's just like such a natural way of being mm -hmm. is, you know, those little details. And like the beauty for me is like those little details. Like if I hear that you need something, like I'll go get it and like wrap it in a beautiful package on your door so that when you walk out, like it's there for you so that you, you're seeing the beauty. And that just for me is also like, it, it gives me joy yeah. to, to serve in that way. And yes, there is like a, um, a pleasing or a, there's that part, but I would say the, like the well-balanced position of that is like to serve. Like I love to serve. Mm. Um, when it comes to myself yeah. and my own career, right. Which is such an interesting game that I'm in now as a performer, um, and an entertainer, it is so uncomfortable for me, like, um, self-promotion uh like i i've noticed that i'm very shy like mm -hmm. i'm very while i'm very like you know charismatic and very big full of life like that's actually that's a filter like that's easy for me mm -hmm. like actually then breaking it down um into like deeper more like spotlights on me ways i'm like Spotlight is on us, you know. I'm always like quickly like I'm like, it's about us, it's about team. Like um I think like that not knowing enough about um both sexual threes and what do we do last? Sexual nines, that I was assuming the wrong things about those numbers. Like I was assuming sex sexual, huh? We did social nines. Yeah, but like so sexual nines are actually super mergy Merge. and um Mm. not not as not the juicy uh, uh you don't see the juice in a sexual nine they're actually the sweetest and super mergy and yeah. sexual mm -hmm. threes are the sweetest threes the most emotional threes and they are the most because i think a lot of us tend to think of threes as very achievement oriented and not bringing all the bringing the water up around them like bringing all the like a good healthy three is making it work for everyone because they know mm -hmm. how to, and so they they feel generous about that. I have never thought of sexual threes as kind of having being tapped into that already. So I, mm -hmm. but you know, honestly, Sarah, now that I'm sitting here talking to you about it, the fact that like I mentioned to you that I was going to Brazil, and you told me everything I needed to do, and then I didn't. I forgot to do it, and then like before I left, I'm like. You like left the perfect journal on my doorstep and you went and got all the like female cedars like you told me to do and made the bundles and put them on my doorstep. Mm -hmm. And so when I got back, like the first thing I wanted to do, and I have not done this with anyone. I did it with you because like that meant so much to me that I wanted to like read my journal to you, which I would not mm -hmm. do to anyone. Mm -hmm. But... Um, <laughs> You know, so I don't, I don't know if that, like, I think that's a very good example of you taking care of me and, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and, 
uh, offering, offering your, yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Relationships really matter to me. And I think as a three, there's like the people pleaser where, you know, I'm learning like, okay, I can be kind and graceful everywhere. And where am I safe? Like, who are my people? Who's that inner circle where I can really start to flex, like asking for help? like being vulnerable. Like the other day I texted a girlfriend and I literally, I said, vulnerability makes me want to vomit. Right. Like there's just nothing I enjoy about feeling exposed. Mm -hmm. Like I feel just like tender. I feel exposed to the elements. I just like the feeling, like the visceral feeling in my body is just like, like I'm going to puke. Like, and and it's such a contradiction because everybody would say, oh, she's so big, like has such a big personality or is so fun to be around. That's a big one I always hear. You're so fun to be around. Um, and I also similarly hear from other people, like how unavailable they feel like I am. Hmm. So there's this, there's hmm. like this interesting, um, like dance of these two polarities where and i'm really learning where i can feel um like where i really am available like what is success to me what Mm -hmm. is important to me Mm -hmm. um you know similar to everyone in the the three position of taking on your family's shame and wanting to fix it heck yeah you know and i've been in a huge initiation of really like actually confronting and being like why are you doing these things Like, who is this for? Like, do you wanna be here? Do you like where you live? Do you like who you're around? Do you like what you do? Like, actually, like, actually, or are you trying to get like a nod of approval from your family? And I grew up in a family where it was like, we were expected to be the best. That was it. There was no other way. So as a three, you know, I was just like, always like there was no room to not be the best and if i wasn't the best it was like throw some dirt on it and be the best and i hear from some people like you have really high expectations of people or not everybody can be as perfect as you or you're really hard on me and i'm like whoa pump the brakes like i don't want anybody to feel that way around me right i don't want people to like and and so that's where i've been like where does that come from Hmm. Why, why do I, and, and why do people feel that way? And it's just natural for me to just expect like the best out of everyone. And I would say a little bit different than the social three where you are just sounds like so graceful with handling conflict and moving through it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't want to do this, you know? Yeah. Well, I think I was listening to you and it's this whole like paradox of the Enneagram that you are so focused on connection and the success of others. And then the feedback loop is that people don't know how to connect to you. You know, it's that, it's the, gosh, what a catch 22. That's so, it's so hard. Um, Totally. You know? Yeah. And I was like, I have to say like in studying the sexual three today, my Aunt Jane, my mother's mm-hmm. sister, is classic sexual three. Um, I, she So for her, but it's like, it's super, like super textbook where she is in support of husband. Success is perfect wife. 
Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to be mm -hmm. beautiful and attractive. I'm going to create a right. family that is beautiful and attractive. We're going to look beautiful and attractive to everybody. We're going to look like we're functioning. And meanwhile, no one's going to, I think the words they use is the sexual three puts a sign on the door that says I'm out for lunch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I think that like that's ex I mean and you know her her the, I've heard many people say I just want Jane to give me the skinny like I just want her to tell me what she wants I just want mm -hmm. her to be mad about something I just want her to get real with me for a minute mm -hmm. and mm. she is not going to yeah she's not mm. going to therefore mm she's missing out on deep relationships you know? right yeah mm -hmm. right and i i felt so similar to, to like alabelle my whole childhood like childhood high school college i just always felt like like i like everybody like loves me but like why and and when i really needed like support i didn't feel it I didn't feel like people were meeting my needs. And similarly, I couldn't express my needs. Like it was like I was trapped in just wanting everybody to know what I needed by observation right. um, and offer their service, you know, and yeah. that just wasn't the thing. And it wasn't until, you know, like nine, 10 years ago um, when I really found my people, like it's taken us nine years and on this trip i cried in front of them for the first time mm. and i asked for help for the first time wow. you know nine years of them and i in relation and deep meaningful moments you know just like the armor and my heart is like takes like this chiseling and chiseling and chiseling for me to feel like your loyalty and and this ability to be vulnerable and it's been a lot of them acknowledging 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 except when i go into like my shadowy or my tougher emotions whether it's you know seasonal depression or just general overwhelm i don't i don't let people into that and i'm really realizing like how detrimental like that is going to be in the long run if I don't lean in and and ask for support I can think of nothing better for threes to do than to let people in on your process mm -hmm. and when I say process I mean you haven't arrived yet you haven't gotten where you've gotten you're depressed you need help like all of the mm -hmm. lots of different de definitions of process. It can mean depression, but it can also just mean the song before you finished it, mm -hmm. you know, or, right. uh, you know, whatever, any way in right. letting people in where you haven't got it all figured out because that is what intimacy is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, I think y'all maybe think that everybody else is operating that way or something, mm -hmm. but we're not. Well, I'm right. on you as a, a sexual three, if you're, if you are so <clears throat> outward focused and all of you are to an extent, but if you are so wrapped up in the wanting to connect for others to shine and for things to feel right, and then 
when you ask for help or when things aren't going right, that means that you have to, you're, you can't do that. You can't, you can't be the connector in that moment. You can't be the promoter, the whatever, right, the fixer, the beautiful mm -hmm. gift giver, the, whatever you have decided that that's, you know, we all you have to put do the that. Roll down. You have to put that right. Down. And yeah. that must feel especially scary. Right. Well, not being critical. Like I catch myself a lot. Like when, like when my partner does something for me, I'm like, mm, like it's so close, but not quite, you know? Right. And I'm like, oh, you know, I give you a list of 10 things and you do nine right and you miss one. I'm going to focus on the one. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm really working through like just being softer overall. Um, and, and one of my best friends always tells me, he says, the reason you're so hard on other people is because you're so hard on yourself. Totally. Totally. And that's true of us all, I think. Yeah, totally. And perfectionism, you know, this, this control, like when you talk about you go and you check in on two people on your team, and then if they don't want to have the check-in, you'll go do it anyways. Yeah. Right. Like that's so so relatable. I micromanage, you know, I give you a job and then I don't think you're going to do the job as good as I would do the job. So I'm kind of watching to make sure that you don't miss the details. And then I'm exhausted because I'm, I'm literally not delegating anything. Actually, I'm just <laughs> spinning my wheels. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I think that's a three thing just for all yeah. of y'all. Micromanage. That's, is that all of you feel mm -hmm. right ish? You yeah. probably had to let go of some of it. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've let go of a lot of it. But yeah, yeah personal, mm -hmm. personal and family, yes. Yeah. Work, not as much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, fear of disappointing people, Sarah. Um, helpful in order to prove lovability. Uh, mm -hmm. Obtaining love or desire from others. Um, becoming the idea of success. Um, mm -hmm. the most emotional three. I think I said that already. Um, there's a real disconnection from feelings and the real self. They use disconnection right. as a way to forget their sadness, um, and to make up for and minimize past abuse. Criticism is very threatening and destroys the mask. Totally. Like I'll give you feedback, but do not give me feedback. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, wait, that's not fair. You know, I need a, and so that practice of like sitting and listening to somebody and giving them what I need, which is just listening. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to, I'm just going to listen. That so far feels so different in my nervous system than this constant need to be like, well, no, I didn't. And the reason I did that is because this, and I'm like, just stepping, I think, like deeper into this element of humility, like how, how much space we can take up with humility, like walking gently, um, opening the door, like asking for permission, listening. And these things like they, like softness is edgy for me. Ooh. It's, it's, very quick for me to just like embody the warrior archetype and like 
win and Trump and just like, like power, you know? And lately I've been like, I would rather be a warrior in the garden than a gardener on the battlefield. Mm. Yeah. I would like to be in the garden. I would like to flourish in softness. Mm. I, and I've really been evaluating um, who wrote success for me. Yes. Because success for me for a long time was big energy, big girl boss, you know, had the millions of dollars, had like the epic trips that you take all your friends on, um, had the coolest clothes, like all the shiny things. This was success. And recently I'm like, success is just being with people that I love and trust and honestly not having many clothes on. (laughs) 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 And, And eating fruit and having slow mornings Mm. you know just like softer like just like back off the the gas pedal you know like i just want to feel calm in my body Mm. i want to feel like nourished in my body and i think also something that really comes up is when i feel calm in my body something feels wrong i'm like it can't feel this good i'm not allowed to feel this good like i'm not doing enough like and and I think sometimes I tell my partner, I'm like, if I start spiraling, I need you just to hold me and tell me that I'm safe in my body. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's so hard for us all to get there, yeah. isn't it? In oh, different yeah. ways. It's well, so I was just weird. thinking about Elabelle. You probably want to project being soft. Yeah, right? well, that's what I was thinking too. And I think you it's not- are terrified to be soft. Yes, I definitely want to project being soft, which yeah. is why I think people perceive me as not aggressive and are so surprised that I'm an aggressive number too, yes. as I yeah. really am invested in projecting that. Yeah. But also, mm. I'm also trying to think about if I've ever felt calm in my body <laughs> in my life. Like maybe. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I very rarely feel calm in my body. Mm-hmm. But I've fire. Recently, I have. More recently. But that's from a lot of letting go, letting go of, letting go of structures in my mind and heart. Um, I wonder if all heart types, um, that would be an interesting thing to talk through because I think you'll have so much anxiety. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes shame and anxiety, different Enneagram teachers want to use both. Yeah. That, that, that buzz of, of what, what that is in y'all. Like, I wonder if twos, threes and fours, if, if it's really difficult for all of you in the heart triad to to feel safe in your body or to feel calm or right right mm-hmm. well i mean i think I, I i don't i thought i read it down but i don't think i did it's something about like whatever your dominant energy is so feeling mm-hmm. is the most problematic oh, like sure. it's the most the one you don't know how to use that well yeah. and i think it's mm-hmm. funny Kind of think oh we're heart people mm-hmm. and we've got we know how to use our hearts it's actually the most fucked up mm-hmm. you know and so right. I, I feel like my heart is exhausted yeah mm-hmm. so i think that's why we don't feel safe in our bodies is because our hearts are uh 
they're they're freaking out all the time and we're trying to protect them all the time Mm -hmm. we're trying to feel good about good in our heart and we don't which me as a body type i feel like often i numb my body because Mm -hmm. life's coming Mm -hmm. through my body so i just kind of turn it off Mm -hmm. and then i don't i don't know how to feel yeah yeah (laughs) right so it's like i am so aware of the instinctual world and i too much. Well, no. I can't connect my feelings to it for, for me. Yeah. Or or to my body, really. I just am kind of as a nine, I do both. <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, uh, sexual threes can look like twos or sevens. Yeah, you could hear that all. And day. you can hear that. Um, I used to think my aunt Jane was a two because she is so pleasing, mm-hmm. and because she is helping everyone so much, and she's. Uh, so it really looks very two-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it was, let's see, I think it was, I can't think, Beatrice was it Russ or Beatrice mm-hmm. saying that, that twos or uh, threes are not meeting everyone's emotional needs all the time mm-hmm. in the way a two is. And that that's the difference. And that um, sevens are connected to what they want. And they're not referencing that outside of themselves. Right. Three is referencing outside of themselves so much so that, and then they don't even know what they want. So they may look like that too. And a two does that too. But those are just Mm -hmm. like you can look like a two. You can look like a two in that you're pleasing. You can look like a seven in that you're like cheerleading and keeping it light and keeping it good. Beatrice said that sexual threes um, differ from twos because they focus more on a specific image of that physical Mm -hmm. attractiveness. And then the, the shape-shifting, prideful elevation, all of that. Of a two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, and, I, uh, and I had two things that came to me when I was in Brazil, and I just, I would just want to kind of share that because I think it's helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've shared this already with you, Lee, and you, Sarah, um, the idea of imageless belonging. Mm-hmm. And that love is not visual. And they're mm-hmm. kind of related, but one of the things that I that kept happening over and over for for me again is like, what does belonging feel like in your body? Like you're saying, you want to feel safe in your body. What does belonging feel like in your body if you cannot put any image to it? And when I say image, I mean something visual, but also just an idea of a type. Like if you take that away, what is, what is belonging? Mm -hmm. And I think that's just maybe something to meditate on or think about. Mm -hmm. Cause for me, it it struck me because I am like, I think I'm overly visual and I think it called me to try to balance that with, um, a more instinctual sense of belonging rather than just this like like idea of it outside of myself and like just like so heart focused that it was like not even real i didn't even know what it was if that makes any sense yes um so that's my those are two i thought that three in particular relate to i don't know if that resonates at all i think it's interesting the catch 22 of being a three I think it's like one of the most 
polar, you know, we've talked about extremes. We've talked about how uncomfortable it is to feel like stuck. Like, um, I think being a three is, it's, it's a real initiation of like gauging the range. And like, then the work is like deciding what those two poles are for you. Like you set the poles, right? Instead of like, the world sets these poles for us and then we range between them. And I'm working on like, oh yeah, like maybe I don't like my pole all the way out there. Like I'm going to pull it in. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And I would think that it would take a lot of, a lot of um, uncomfortable mucking around inside yourself to figure out where those poles need to be and what they are. Totally. Yeah. And when we're talking about poles and range, can, mm -hmm. what, can you describe that a little more? Like, what do you mean? Totally. It's like yachts and Birkenstocks. Those are two oh, poles. Okay. okay. Gotcha. That, that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> talked about it at the beginning. I yeah. No, so I love that. I love that you're looking for range. Mm -hmm. I got that. I was mm -hmm. just wondering. And that you can be were. good in all of them. Yes. Yeah. Right. And some, and some of the poles that are set, like, for success, right? Like the idea of a yacht, you're kind of like, well, why do I need to be on this yacht? Like, do I actually enjoy this? Not really, because like this is actually detrimental to the ocean. Like, I don't really like how shiny everything is feeling on here. Or, and then I have moments where, oh, this is kind of fun. Like, <laughs> you know, it's it's the dance of like finding finding like what is joy for me and what is joy what does joy feel like in my body yeah like actually not joy like oh like yeah like celine dion's on a yacht and that is that's a quintessential goal right i'm like well is it though for me mm -hmm. not really yeah like yeah well i was thinking about lisa at the beginning saying that you kind of went through these iterations of archetypes and how now mm -hmm. there's something that's settled in you enough to know like hmm, this is this I, I don't I don't know what this is exactly but this is me or I'm gonna be this versus the shiny cheerleader or the the hippie the hippie yeah. or the you yeah. know the, um, or the caretaker because the, the truth caretaker. is you all can do all of those yeah I'm, yeah I'm all, I'm right all. you can do all of them <laughs> I'm all you're all of them. <laughs> the, the poles are endless for you all Not and all. so yeah yeah that's um. I love that. Currently, I'm rocking hippie with the hairy armpits. So nice, nice. <laughs> All right. Mm. Well, what, we, that's probably a wrap. That's good anything, guess. anything else? <laughs> thank anything you. else? No. Okay. Well, thank y'all so thank much. You. I think yeah. it helps round out how people see your number, and it's really I'm, I. I just feel like y'all are three completely different people. And it's just so helpful to me to, mm. to, to understand all of this. I appreciate it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Thanks for teaching me about Enneagram. <laughs> yes. Thanks, thanks for joining thanks, us thanks. from Hawaii. Yeah, great to see some fellow threes, three strong. Yes. <laughs> and um, see y'all there. Okay. Enjoy. Bye. Okay, bye. The
last time we talked, Mr. Smith, you reduced me to tears. I promise you it won't happen again. Do I attract you? Do I repulse you with my queasy smile? Am I too dirty? Am I too flirty? Do I like what you like? Yeah, I could be wholesome, I could be loathsome, guess I'm a little bit shy. Why don't you like me? Why don't you like me without making me try? I try to be like Chris Kelly. Little Freddy, mm -hmm. I've got an entity mine. 